Good morning. Let's go ahead and open up our Bibles to Galatians chapter number 3. And we are going to begin reading in verse number 15 for context and get down to verse 21 where we'll pick up our study, okay? Brethren, I speak in the matter of men, though it is only a man's covenant, yet if it is confirmed, no one annuls or adds to it. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. It does not say, and to seeds as of many, but as of one, and to your seed who is Christ. And this I say, that the law, which was 430 years later, cannot annul the covenant that was confirmed before by God in Christ, that it should make the promise of no effect. For if the inheritance is of the law, it is no longer promise. But God gave it to Abraham by promise. What promise then does the law serve? It was added because of transgressions until the seed should come to whom the promise was made, and it was appointed through angels by the hand of a mediator. Now a mediator does not mediate for one only, but God is one. Now we talked about the other day that this is the law and the promise. God made a covenant with Abraham in the Old Testament, and Abraham believed the promises of God 430 years before the law was actually introduced. Therefore, Abraham was made law, made righteous not by the law, but by faith in the promises that God gave to him. And the promise was that he would have seeds, you know, and that seed was Christ. In the Old Testament, they were saved by faith, just like you and I in the New Testament are saved by faith. And in verse number 19, what promise then does the law serve? It was added because of transgressions. In other words, I would not know that I am a sinner until I am told what sin is. Uh, you can't be a transgressor if you don't know what you're transgressing. The law was given to show us that we can't live up to it until the seed comes. Uh, and that's what he's talking about. Now, when he says in verse 20, now a mediator does not mediate for one only, but God is one. He's talking about the covenant that God made with Abraham when he put him to sleep. And Abraham had no uh, part in the covenant. It was an unconditional covenant. In the Bible, there's unconditional covenants and there's conditional covenants. Conditional covenants are, if you will, I will. Unconditional covenants are, I will. God made the covenant with himself that he would bless the descendants of Abraham. And then he says in verse 21, is the law then against the promises of God? Certainly not. For if there had been a, had been a law given which could have given life, truly righteousness would have been by the law. In other words, the law never could give life in that it only pointed out the sinfulness of mankind. It showed us that we were dead in our transgressions and sin. It did not offer salvation. And he says, but the scripture has confirmed all under sin that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Again, the law could not save. Only the promise that was given to Abraham that looked forward to the seed, Jesus, could save and, and our faith in that promise. 
You know, I sometimes hear people say folks in the Old Testament say by keeping the law. A thousand times, no. They could not keep the law. If they could have kept the law, Jesus' death on the cross was in vain. On the contrary, those in the Old Testament were saved by faith by looking forward to Jesus as you and I are saved by faith by looking back at Jesus. And in verse 23, but before faith came, we were kept under guard by the law, kept for the faith, which would afterward be revealed. Therefore, the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. But after faith has come, we no longer are under the tutor. This verse is saying that the law simply tutored us until Christ came and justified us by faith. The law merely showed us that we needed a savior. The law showed us showed us that we could not save ourselves. I see that many times God does not give us things until we have learned to appreciate them. A little boy once came to his father and asked to borrow the car. The father replied that the boy could borrow the car only after he had cut his long hair. The boy responded by saying that Jesus had long hair. The father responded by letting his son that Jesus Jesus walked everywhere he went as well. Things have changed. We're no longer bound by the law. And he says in verse 26, For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many as of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. This is not referring to, as many have erroneously concluded, to water baptism. Instead, it is referring to spirit baptism. The act of baptism denotes dedication to the service of him whose name we're in him, whose name we're baptized. And as an example, in the Old Testament, uh, we find Moses. It says in 1 Corinthians 10:2, all were baptized to Moses in the cloud and in the sea. That means that they became bound to Moses as their leader. We see the same thing here. It says in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, for by one spirit, we are all baptized into one body and have been all made to drink into one spirit. So we too are bound to our leader, Jesus, by the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In verse 28, there is neither Jew nor Greek, There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. We are all simply followers of Christ and are all one in him. You know, it says in Romans 10, 12, for there is no distinction between the Jew and the Gentile. For the same Lord is over all. He is rich to all who call upon him. Fortunately, Praise God. God is not biased like we sometimes can be. Now notice in chapter 4, verse number 1. Now I say that the heir, as long as he's a child, does not differ at all from a slave. Though he is the master of all, but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the father. Now here, Paul, again, talking about the law, is comparing an heir to someone who is under the law in that the heir is no different than the slave. He has no rights to speak as a child because he is not yet lord over the estate. Thus, he may be lord of all one day, but not until he has come of age. Even so, he says in verse 3, we were children. We were in bondage under the elements of the world. The point is that the law, the Jew, we were in infancy. infancy. So the point is that under the law, the Jew 
or we now, were in infancy. There was not, we, we were not yet mature. They were not yet mature. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. So now we see that in God's timing, he sent the seed, he sent Jesus to redeem us from the law. The phrase born under the law means that Jesus was raised under the Mosaic law, just like all other Jews. And it says in verse six, and because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. The proof that Jesus has done this is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit within us is proof of our salvation. Ephesians 1.13, in whom you trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after you believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. In other words, we do do not live under the law anymore. God has made a way through his son for us to live free from the law if we will but accept it. And he says, you are now sons because God has sent his spirit into your hearts crying, Abba, Father. And the proof that Jesus has done this again is this Holy Spirit that resides within us. In Ephesians, it says that this Holy Spirit is the earnest deposit. In other words, we have been, the Holy Spirit is the seal of our salvation. The Holy Spirit is the earnest deposit. What that literally means is he's the, the, the down payment. The Holy Spirit is the down payment confirming that one day he will come back and get the purchased possession. You see, you and I have the earnest deposit of the Holy Spirit. And one day God is going to come and take us to himself. The proof of our salvation is the deposit of the Holy Spirit in our lives. God bless you guys. Hope that you have an awesome day. And remember, he loves you, wants the best for you, and working all things out for your good.